chapter number 14, Romans chapter 14. We, we finished up chapter 13, the relationships that God has given us and how we are supposed to treat other people. And uh, so today we're going to start in Romans 14, uh, Christian liberty, how we are to receive one another. And uh, we're going to go through the first six verses, and uh, that'll be part of the introduction. Ch verse number 7 through 12 will be the sermon there. And uh, just as we need to receive one another, how we are to do that, and, and uh, the Bible gives us some clear, uh, clear instructions on, on how we ought to treat every person <clears throat> and uh, how we are to receive one another. Now, as we look at this text, understand this is an inspired word of God. Paul, God used Paul, the author of the book, to write these words to a group of people about how they ought to live and how they ought to treat each other. Um, and so this is something that we can still take today. And uh, the first six verses are talking strictly about what was taking place in their time, what was, going between, what was going on between the Jews and the Gentiles, what was going on between the saved and uh, saved Jews and what was going on between the saved Gentiles. Many of those that had been saved from Judaism still believed and still ate certain things. It was against the, their law to eat certain things, certain uh, fish, certain uh, all, the, all the different things that they had to eat. There were things that were unclean to them that they should never eat, and they were having a difficulty dealing with those that were saved and still ate what they considered to be wrong. And so we're going to look at this text here, and then we'll, we'll look at another text in Acts chapter number 10 where God describes to Peter how important it is uh, that every Christian has their own liberty and that God has given every Christian liberty not to live in sin, but to live free with God. All right, so you've got your Bibles open to Romans chapter 14. Let's stand, if you can, and we'll read out of verse number 1. Uh, Romans chapter 14, and uh, we'll read in verse number 1. And uh, here we go. Romans 14. Him that is weak is the faith receive, in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful dispositions, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judgeth him that eateth, for God receiveth him. Now stop for just a moment. He is talking about those who believe that there was a certain way or certain things that you were supposed to eat. And, uh, and this is due to the way they were raised in Judaism. They were not allowed to eat everything that there was. They had something, and even still today, they eat things that are only kosher. And uh, there's a reason that they do that is because that is Old Testament law. And so these people were having an issue because the Gentiles were getting saved and they weren't eating what they were eating. And so they're having trouble processing this, and this is Paul addressing this situation. Who art thou, verse number four, who art thou that judgest another man's servant to his own master? He standeth or falleth, yea, he, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doeth not regard it. 
He that eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. He is, again, talking about what they're eating, but then he's talking about the day. What, what, what day is he talking about? See, they, they worship God on the Sabbath day, which was a Saturday. And that was specifically for the Judaism and Jewish belief. And so Paul is saying, hey, if they want to take Saturdays off and that's their holy day, allow them to do that. Don't be upset with them because they're not. And, and so Paul is just trying to, hey, just because, hey, we all... Uh, we all may agree on coming to church together, but we're not all going to agree on every single thing that we believe because every one of us are different. Verse number 7, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord, and whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For this is the end. Christ both died and rose and, re and revived that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set a knot of thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So these are the verses that we're going to take. We're going to take the second verse, second 7 through 12, and that will be <coughs> where we'll preach the, the just of the message. Let's pray. God, thank you for allowing us to meet together. But I pray that your, that your protection is about us. But Lord, not also that, I pray that your Holy Spirit would indwell me and give me the words to say, empty me of self, to be able to preach the words that you want me to preach this morning. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Now you say, what in the world is verse number 1 through 6? Uh, again, he says in, in verse number 3, let, him that, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. I'm going to turn to a text. If you want to turn there with me, Acts chapter number 10, you're welcome to. If not, you just stay right there and, and listen and, and listen to the words here. In Acts chapter number 10, in verse number 9, Jesus or Peter is there and God comes to him in a vision to explain to him things that are important, things that, that, uh, that he needs to recognize. Look in verse, if you're there with me, if you want to, <coughs> read with me in verse number 13. Now, uh, again, verse number 9 starts the, the vision. Verse number 13 is where we're going to pick up. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So grab this with me for just a moment. He was raised to never eat anything that was common or unclean. So Peter is, is telling, hey, God, you, you want me to rise up and eat something I've never eaten before. You want me to rise up and kill something I've never killed before. And God is trying to explain to him that there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, and this is Paul illustrating this in Romans chapter number 14, that we have Christian liberty, 
So if they, if somebody wants to believe that that is unclean, it's okay for them to believe that that is unclean, and I'm not going to hold it against them because they don't want to do that. They don't want to eat that. They don't want to go there. They don't want to do that. But at the same time, if they decide to eat it, it's okay. And this is what Paul is trying to explain. Go back. You're still there in Acts chapter number, uh, Acts chapter number 10. But, uh, verse 15, and the voice spake unto him, uh, unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Now, I, I, I don't have all the time to explain all the things here, but Peter had even trouble believing that Gentiles could be saved. What he believed, it, it was difficult for him to understand because in this time period, the Jews believed that Gentiles were Dogs. They looked at them like the, a second-class tier race uh, citizen. That's how they looked at them. And so Peter was having trouble understanding that even a Gentile could be saved and God allows Gentiles to be saved, hallelujah, because I'm born again. And uh, he, he allowed, and this was God explaining to Peter, look, bud, what, I, what, you, what used to be unclean, it's okay now. It's clean. <clears throat> and what used to be un uh, what used to be unclean is clean. What, uh, and so he 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 he's telling them and and understand this sin will always be sin. Okay, and it doesn't matter what generation we go to, and no matter how far away we get from, uh, no matter how many years away we get from the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Leviticus, if it was sin then, it's still sin today. Okay, the law still stands. There are still things that are hold taste. And you say, what is the law? I'm talking about the Bible, okay? And what still stands today is this Bible. If it ever was right, it's still right. And if it ever was wrong, it's still wrong when it comes to sin. Then you have what you call our preferences. Look, I, I don't like salad. I'll eat a salad, but uh, I don't hate you because all you eat is salad, all right? And that's okay with me. And you don't hate me because I don't like salad. And I like to eat the starchy, good, fatty food, you know, that's what I like. And don't hate me for that. You can eat what you want to eat. I like my fried chicken, and you can have your baked chicken, all right? And, and, and look, and we can get along just fine. And that's what Paul's talking about. We will have differences of opinion. We will have different convictions. You have convictions in your life. I have convictions in my life you, you don't agree with. And you have convictions in your life I, I don't agree with. But just because we differ in opinion doesn't mean that we have to fight about it. Well, I'm upset at you. <laughs> no, no, we can agree and get along. We're Christians. We're brothers in Christ. There's a certain way you've got to treat people. <clears throat> hey Christian it's important you say you say now look in in verse number seven and this is this is what this is what he goes on to tell us okay in verse number seven he says of chap back to back to Romans 14 oh thank you back to Romans 14 
he says, now, he's done with that. He under, we understand that everybody, hey, you live, okay? It's okay if we differ in opinion. It's okay if we have different convictions. But look in verse number 7. Now, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man, no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. So, as we look at this, number one, is you don't live for yourself. You don't live into yourself. You see, in the, book, in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, there was this man named Achan. They went to a city called Jericho. I don't know if you've ever heard the song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Hey, look, that's real, okay? Joshua came to a city named Jericho, and they had to march around that city, but they were told, they were given specific instructions about when they went through Jericho. God told them, don't take anything that doesn't belong to you. Don't take any of the gold. Don't take any of their garments. Don't take anything from that city. Don't take it. Well, they went through that city. They conquered the city. The walls came down, um, and they went through that city, and there was a guy whose name was Achan. Well, he decided that he, he knew better than Joshua. He decided that actually the Bible says that it was an accursed thing is what he said. <laughs> he decided he knew better than Joshua. Well, he went into that city, and as they walked through that city, he decided, he's like, all right, everybody watch out. Are they watching me? All right, oh, and he stuck some clothes in his pocket. Then he walked down a little bit further, and he saw somebody's safe had been broken open. He said, oh, there's some money. Put it in his pocket. And he got on the other side of things, and, man, he thought everything was good. Everything was cool. And, man, no one even found out. Man, it's all good. They get to the other side, maybe, maybe a couple days have passed, and, and things are going good, and, and the Bible says that Joshua and his men, they went to the next battle, which was called Ai, and they went down there, and God had promised them that they were going to win. God had promised them that they were going to defeat all the armies. That's, that's what God's promise was to Joshua. Well, they go down to Ai, and all of a sudden, people begin to die, and he begins to lose soldiers. And they begin to lose the battle. And Joshua comes back to God and says, God, why? What happened? And God says, there's sin in the camp. There's someone who's done wrong. There's someone who, who did something wicked in the camp. Go take care of it. And so Joshua goes through the camp and finds out that it was Achan. And they find out that it was Achan and he had actually taken the stuff that didn't belong to him, taken of the accursed thing, and hid it in the tent thinking no one would ever find it. And he thought, no, no one would ever find what I stole. God did. And the Bible says that they took Achan, you ready? And they killed him and his family. Because no man lives unto himself. You think, oh, I'll get away with it. Oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you, honey. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Don't think for just a moment you'll get away with it because you might get away with it for a moment. But at the end, when it's all said and done, you will get found out. The Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter number 14, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Don't think for just a moment. You'll get away with it. You might. But then the end will come, and it will be death. No man lives unto himself. You understand. Hey, parents, no man lives unto himself. 
you expect your children to do right and live right and be right and you won't be right. How can you expect them to do something you won't do? Live a certain way, go a certain place, don't do as I do. That's insane. Look, you follow me. We ought, to, we ought to be the example. Christ was our example. Let's follow the example. But we can't expect our children to do right if we won't do right. Achan. No man lives unto himself. Sin is wicked. And sin ought to be treated wickedly. Look, if, I, if you know that you have sin in your life, get it out. Because it will, it will eat you. It will eat, eat at you. It will destroy your life. Now let's look at the other side of things. And there was this lady named Jochebed. This lady had a son. And at that time period, it was illegal for her to have a son. The, the government had, had, had given a law that they were supposed to get rid of all their boys that were born. Uh, kill every one of them. But she hid her son. And then one day she decided the, the son had got too loud. He'd got, he'd got where he was making too much noise. And so she, de she decided that she'd make this little ark, is what the Bible says. And she built this little basket and she filled it with slime and she filled it with all kinds of stuff to make sure that her baby was going to be safe. And, and she put her little baby boy inside this ark, the little, little basket, and she put him in this basket. She didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know what would take place. She didn't have any idea. And she went down to the, to the river to put her baby in the river. Look, look, this is what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to take the baby and throw it in the river without a basket. They were supposed to kill the baby. But she decided that she would put her baby in the basket and put him in the river. Well, this lady, Miss Jochebed, she decided that she was going to put her baby into the basket and push it into the river. Well, well, that little baby went floating down the river until it came to Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh's daughter, hey, hey, what is this? I hear a baby. Go get that baby. And all of a sudden, the Pharaoh's daughter grabbed the little baby and said, hey, go grab a Hebrew woman to take care of this. And they came back and they knocked on the door. Hey, Miss Jochebed, would you like to take care of a baby? Hey, Miss Jochebed, would you like to take care of a baby? And it was her son that she got to take care of. Because she took that baby and she put him in a basket and pushed him off in the river. And that young man grew up to be Moses, the writer of the first five books of the Bible, giving us the Ten Commandments, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, splitting the rock and giving us water because of Mama who didn't live into herself. She lived for other people. Every person in this room, you don't live into yourself. You affect other people. No man sinneth unto himself. I'll get away with it. It won't affect nobody. Ask Aiken's family if it affected them. Ask Miss Jochebed if it affected her for living for Jesus. Gave her Moses. Because she trusted Christ. Because she decided that it didn't matter what the world thought. And it didn't matter what they were saying down the street. It didn't matter what was going on because no man lives unto himself. And she was going to follow God regardless of following man. <coughs> hey, Christian. You need to decide today that you don't live unto yourself. 
you affect other people. Bible says in Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 12, he says, wherefore, as by one man sin in the world. You're, talking to, you're telling me that all the sin in the world came from one guy? That's right. One guy caused all of us to be sinners. Blame him for the sweat on your brow. <laughs> Women, blame him for pain during childbirth. Adam. Because of one man's sin. It won't affect me. Yeah, it will. It affect everyone around you. You ever had an infection? What does an infection do? It spreads, huh? Sin is an infection. I'm going to tell you this. You think my sin won't affect this church? You are wrong. You are wrong. Your sin, your life, nah, your sin. Look, my sin will affect this church. Because no man lives unto himself. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, he says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to God and not unto man. You ought to do everything in your power to live for God. Look, it pays to serve God. It pays. You say, it may, not pay, it may not pay money, but it pays to serve God. Well, where's my money from it? No, no, no. You will reap your reward by doing right and living right and being right and not living in sin. Because sin has its pleasure. The Bible says sin is fun for a season. It'll last for a little bit. You'll have all your fun you want for a little bit, and then that fun will dry up. And it won't be fun anymore. But living for God will never, never not give you a life of fulfillment because it pays to serve God. No man lives unto himself. These verses, verses number <clears throat> 7, 8, and 9 tell us that. Look, look what happens in verse number 9. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be the Lord of both of the what? The dead and the living. Who is the God? He is the same God to those that are dead and to those that are alive. So how do I know that? Because look, number one, we don't live into ourselves. Number two, every one of us will stand before a judgment. Look in verse number 10. He says, <coughs> Why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Look, I don't live unto myself, but it is important that we live unto God, not for anybody else. You know, what you do, if you come to church for a pat on the back, you're coming for the wrong reason. If you sing because you want a pat on the back, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If, if you go visiting or if you pass out of track, if you do that for a pat on the back, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Because I don't live unto myself. I live unto him. Why? Because I know one day I will stand before a righteous judge. I will stand before God. The Bible says that all stand 
before the judgment seat of Christ. Don't think for just a moment because you are good or whatever it is, you might escape the, the judgment seat. Every single person, young and old, uh, uh, smart or dumb, uh, rich or poor, will stand before the judgment seat of Christ uh, and you will be judged not based on how good you were, not based on what you did, but based on how you lived your life. I'm going to heaven not because, <coughs> not because of what I've done. I'm going to heaven because he arose from the dead to make me alive. And so that judgment is not judging me on whether I'm going to heaven or whether I'm going to hell. This judgment seat is not. You say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, I won't be judged. You're wrong. You will be judged on, uh, about your life and how what you say. The Bible says that, the <coughs> that you'll give an account for every idle word. What does that mean? Everything you talk about, you'll give an account for. Every word you say, you'll give an account for. You'll say, why? God said, why do you? I, I don't know exactly how it will work, but you will give an account for it. And guess what? I'll have to give an account for everything that I say, too. And every work that I do. And everything that I go. Every place that I go. And how I train my children. I will. Look, and then also, I will have to give an account how this church goes. You say, what? And who stands behind the pulpit? And what they preach, I'll have to give an account for that. And what takes place up here, and what takes place in every Sunday school class, I'll have to give an account for what takes place. I will. But listen, daddies, you will give an account what takes place in your home. Not the wife, but the man. You will take an account. I will. Well, the way I raise my children, they're not going to have Miss Stacy up there giving an account for what they did. They're going to have Trenton up there saying, what did you do that for? I will give an account. We will all face the judgment. Look at verse number 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. What is that? Even the lost, even the haters of God, even those who deny Jesus Christ, even those who say, I don't believe in God, they will bow the knee to God the Father one day. Amen. One day they will. One day they will believe in a God. One day they will. They may not now, but they will. Adolf Hitler will bow his knee to God. Amen. And every non-believer will bow the knee. But at that point, it is too late for them to get it right. Now listen, look at what he says last. Verse number 12, and I'm done. So then, every one of us shall give an account of their neighbor to God. That's what it says, right? Now, I'm worried about what's in their backyard and where they're going on Friday nights and what they're doing over here and where they're doing this and who they're talking about and who they're gossiping about. No, he says, you'll get an account for yourself, not anybody else, not what anybody else is doing, not where anybody else is going, not what anybody else is saying. You'll give an account for yourself 
Too many times we want to play policemen and run around. Well, they're saying this, and, and they're going there, and, and they're doing this. And, Did you see what she had on? Did you see where she was going on? Look, that's not on me. It's on them. I have to give an account for me. Me. I don't live into myself. And I need to live right, not for other people, but for God. Look, it's important that I stand where I stand and I stay where I stand. You say, why? Because my children that come behind me. But ultimately, because God is watching. What do you do behind closed doors? <clears throat> let, me, let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll shut up and we'll go home. If you knew Jesus Christ was coming to your house tomorrow, <coughs> excuse me, you had 24 hours to prepare, what would you hide? If you have to hide it, it ought not be there. Because he's already there. Oh, he's coming. Better lock it up. Better, better hide it. Because he already knows it's there. He already sees it. Because you don't live into yourself. And you will give an account for yourself. I mean, I'm not judging you. If I come to your house, you say, well, look, look the preacher's coming. Oh, no. I, I don't care what your house looks like. I ain't coming to see your house. I'm coming to see you. And I ain't worried about what's on your shelf. Because I ain't coming to see what's on your shelf. I'm coming to see you. Because I know one day I won't give an account for what's on your shelf. You will give an account for what's on your shelf. And you will give an account to what you watch. And you will give an account to what you say. And you will give an account to where you go. You will, not me. But here's judgment time now. You judge yourself right this minute. What is something I need to change? I don't know. Only you can answer that. I can't answer that for you. And neither can anybody else in this room. Because we're not going to give an account for you. I'll give an account for God. I have enough to worry about myself. Not to worry about what you're doing. Because I've got some things I need to make sure that I have right. As I was told in Sunday school, I'm a big sinner. You say, you're a big sinner? You're right. I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. And God, I thank you for today. I thank you for